Welcome to the official Autodesk Inventor podcast. My name is Garen Gardner. I'm the technical marketing manager for Autodesk Inventor. This is episode number three being recorded September 7th, 2006 in sunny Tualatin, Oregon. Just a quick rundown on what we're going to cover this episode. I've got a couple of items for news. Uh, there are a couple of events that uh, may be coming up in your area. That I recently did an interview that I'm going to roll a little bit later and we've got an inventor challenge and then we'll wrap it up with tips and tricks. So I'm going to start out with the news. Many of you may have already heard but we have uh, there was a service pack 2 released for inventor 11 and the the Dwif extension so many of you that uh, if you're running either 11 or uh, 11 Dwif extension you may want to go out to our support website and download that. I'll also have a URL in the show notes but that's a little bit too long to to put in the podcast so go out and take a look at that Uh, I'd say you know a couple of really great enhancements in Inventor 11 with the the service pack if you're using Content Center I would say this is a must-have to go out and grab that you'll find that the performance is much faster and uh, some real nice things in there the next news item I have is a it was a media summit held in San Francisco the end of August where 15 members of the press were able to go and see some new functionality for Autodesk Inventor that will be in in the product sometime in the future. And also there were four customers that were able to come and present. Uh, We had William Sonoma. Many of you may have have seen some of the furniture and some of the things that that they do, which is uh, mostly done with Autodesk Inventor. Also Flow Healthcare, they do uh, hospital uh, wheeling carts that they're able to wheel instruments around and be able to to check on patients and those are also uh, all designed with Autodesk Inventor and Kone. Kone is a company that uh, retrofits old escalators with new guts and all new parts so you know some of these old buildings that have been around for a long time that have escalators in them they'll go in and, and gut out the old escalator and put in a new escalator and uh, pretty interesting and and didn't really ever think about the challenge that that uh, that could be but you know they're able to do that without tearing down walls or doing a lot of damage to the building so they also use Inventor to do all of their work and uh, and even use it, some of the presentation capabilities to figure out how to to move some of these escalators into place the fourth company that was there was Canlines and they make big conveyor systems for the food and beverage industry and some of their customers include Coors Beer and Arrowhead Water and they do some pretty remarkable things by allowing their assembly line to be able to fill different types of bottle all in one assembly line and this is all done through the use of Inventor and really being able to automate and see how things interact and uh, and you know make sure that there's no interferences or anything like that so it was great to have the four customers there and talk a bit about their processes and and what they do and you know all from different types of of markets and then some of the the new functionality that was talked about at this summit I have a, a link in the show notes that you can take a look at one of the editors he wrote a little bit on the event and you might be able to glean a little bit of information from that in our next section, we'll talk about events that are coming up in the uh, in the near future. In uh, each month, I go out to the the manufacturing community portal and take a look at the the different events that are coming up. And you know, each each month I've mentioned this, but there are literally hundreds of different events that take place across the U.S. and outside of the U.S. And 
I try to put a, a couple of the events that I think might be of interest that may be in your area, but you know, really that's something that you probably should go out to the, the manufacturing community portal and take a look at some of those events that are in your area and, and you know during dates that you can make it. But to go down and, and hit on a couple of events that are happening. The first one is happening in my old neck of the woods in Seattle, Washington, September 19th. And imagine it is putting on an inventor, Autodesk Inventor test drive. And you can go out and take a look at that if you go to the if you go to http colon forward slash forward slash mfgcommunity.autodesk.com forward slash event forward slash four seven four two. So you know, and if you just want to go out to the manufacturing website, if you just type in mfgcommunity.autodesk.com, you'll get to the main page, and then you can see all the different blogs, the the news, uh, various things that are out there. But anyway, that's uh, that's an event that's coming up in the next week or so. Uh, the next one is River City InCat User Group, and it's the same day, September 19th, and it's in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and you can get to it by uh, going to the mfgcommunity.autodesk.com forward slash event and forward slash 3175. The next one is an ASI free lunch and learn and that's for inventor and it's held September 20th in Lunsington, uh, Kentucky. And that is uh, also at the manufacturing.autodesk.com site if you go to forward slash event forward slash 4696 you can take a look at that and sign up if you're interested for that. And then the final event that I'm going to hit on is Autodesk University, also known as AU. And that is, this year it's November 28th through December 1st, so that's uh, a week-long event. And Autodesk University is put on by Autodesk, and it's we have all of our different divisions there. So if you use other products outside of the manufacturing world, uh, you'll also be able to see pretty much any of the other products that Autodesk uh, makes. But uh, basically we have different classes that we hold during Autodesk University and usually they're about an hour long. There are some other classes that are uh, some labs and different things. But you know there are a lot of different classes that you can sign up for to see maybe uh, sheet metal if you're interested in sheet metal or advanced shape tools. You know there, there are classes for just about anything you can think of and be able to learn uh, maybe some tools that you're not familiar with and ask ask questions to some of the experts that that are well known in the industry uh, some some of the classes are put on by Autodesk employees some of them are put on by uh, people that work out in industry that, that use the tools day in and day out so it's a great place to come and learn and mingle and get various information I plan on going I have a, a class that I'm going to be teaching and I'll talk about that in a future podcast but you know, I'm looking forward to meeting uh, many of you while I'm out there. So if anybody's planning on attending, feel free to contact me, and it would be great to, to meet some people while I'm there. Our next section is an interview with one of our PDs. Last podcast, we did an interview with Charles Hoy. He's a, a product designer for a lot of the part modeling features in Inventor. And this week, I wanted to, to do one with... Andy Palioka, he's a product designer for a lot of the functional design tools. He does, uh, he works with some other tools as well, but he has, he really has a good knowledge of the functional design capabilities and some of the nice things that we've added into Inventor. And many of you may have questions on what functional design is, maybe a tagline that you've heard a little bit. And I'm going to roll the interview, let him talk a little bit. Hopefully, it'll give you a little bit better idea 
what functional design is, what we're able to do with it, and maybe where we're going with this in the future. So, you know, it's really an exciting time with CAD and uh, allow us to really leverage some new technology. So with that, I'll roll the interview. Well, today we have Andy Palioka. He's on the Inventor product design team. And we wanted to take a few minutes and talk a little bit about what his role and responsibility is and some of the exciting things that he's worked on in Inventor 11. So with that, I'm going to turn a little bit of time over to him to, to tell us a little bit about who he is and, and what he's doing. Thanks, Karen. Once again, I'm Andy Palioka. And what I do in the product design team is I work specifically uh, with teams uh, in the functional design area. And uh, these include the design accelerator tools, the frame generator tools, the new auto drop functionality. And uh, these are really geared towards the next stage in evolution of design, going from modeling to actually being able to have those real-world tools at your fingertips. Andy, can you tell us a little bit about your background and the design team that you work on? You know, my background is from the field. I used to uh, be in the field doing a lot of sheet metal design, um, a lot of biomedical product design. Um, so I've got a degree in engineering. But you know, really it comes down to the full design team, as you mentioned, is that uh, these are guys who are coders, they're developers, but they're also engineers from the field. They've got masters in engineering. There's even some doctorate in engineering. Uh, but what really it's these are guys who have done design, drafting, the whole gambit in the field. And we all work together to build these tools. Andy, how extensive is the team and where are they located? Well, the team is actually fairly extensive. Uh, we've got architects and designers as well as some developers here in Tualatin, Oregon, um, Novi, Michigan. Uh, but we actually have quite a few of the design accelerator team is in Dechen, Czech Republic, design simulation, stress analysis in Rouen, France. We also have team members all the way in places like Atlanta, Georgia, uh, China, uh, really all around the world. It sounds like there are quite a few developers and uh, individuals working on, on functional design tools. So there are a lot of different tools that we consider functional design tools. Can you give us an idea of some of the functional design tools that you've worked on and, and maybe tell us a little bit more about them? Oh, sure. You know, we've uh, for some time uh, introduced the tube and pipe functionality um, as well as the cable and wire harness. We consider those definitely functional design, very spe specialized capabilities. Um, we made the Big Bang with, of course, the design accelerators, which is part of the Mexoff acquisition and the team we've built up. So a lot of our customers have really taken advantage of, of uh, the functionality that we've added in Design Accelerators and have really liked it. What are some of the areas that we've enhanced in Inventor 11? Inventor 11 was all about integrating Design Accelerators into uh, the same look and feel and behavior anyone would expect uh, when using Inventor. We've got a lot of praise for the, the workflows we've had um, in Inventor, so we want to make sure we retain that and actually took it another stage. Since these are functional design tools, um, we went ahead and, and took tools like the belt design generator and integrated it much more with items like key generators, shaft generators, um, each of the other powertrain type of tools, and basically built in more graphical feedback in the UI, more interaction directly with the model. Uh, one aspect, if I have time to talk about it, is the way we use the belt design uh, tools is that it does much more than just try to design a belt. You're actually in the context. Um, you can design your shafts. It prompts you to pick each shaft. It says what what are you looking for, what ratios, what type of belt types. It actually pulls directly from the standards. Um, the, the graphical previews have grips. So you can size them, fit them, um, do the tensioners, uh, the whole gambit. Um, and 
basically, once you're ready, everything's moving, you're testing out, it looks good, then we can do validation through the calculation tools. What are the lows? Do I need to add a second belt? Do I need to add a third belt? It'll actually create the pulleys, be it a three-belt uh, three, uh, pulley or a four-belt pulley, whatever you need on the fly. Once you hit apply or OK, it creates that full assembly in place. You know, Andy, one of the questions that I get often with this is, what about the belts? Are these standard belts? Are they, you know, just random links? Can you tell us a little bit about what the, the belts that it generates? Sure. The belts are actually generated from uh, really what manufacturers supply, what standard lengths are available. Um, as you define it, you actually pick um, a belt profile. I'm doing an ANSI. This style belt is coming right out of the catalogs. Um, these are proven formulas, pr proven techniques, and so it has various belt lengths. Um, you can get custom belts. Additionally, uh, the pulleys are smart. These come right out of the catalogs as well. So when we resize the belt or we fix the length of the belt and we want to adjust sliders, the pulleys adjust to other standard pulley sizes. And these are more than just pulleys. We have uh, flat pulleys. We have groove pulleys. We have um, everything that comes from the standard we started the design with. Yeah, Andy, I think that's a really great piece of functionality in Inventor. Um, you know, we're talking about functional design. So how does this really follow into uh, functional design, and how does this tie all together where we have a pulley system and a shaft and bearings and all of those things put together? Well, it falls in because it actually guides you in accomplishing the task to design a V-belt system or a, or a synchronous belt system. Um, it ties in with um, I first am guided, I'm creating, I'm validating with our analysis tools. But then the way it ties in with each other tool, be it shaft design, it's smart about the shaft, how it's located, what type of shaft it is. Then I can launch the key connection generator and actually say where on the shaft this is going to be located as a pulley and then launch and actually cut the keyhole key slot and I can actually cut the hub and fit the whole thing together and so if the shaft diameter changes everything changes on the pulleys related keys everything it all ties together has a good functional set of capabilities so once we've designed a drivetrain in Inventor with a lot of these tools is there any way to take this into to dynamic simulation and be able to to really get the true range of motion and functionality out of this Yes, actually, uh, we purposefully design capabilities with things like the gears, the pulleys, and others so that once we go into dynamic simulation, it'll literally pick up um, and utilize the ratios, all right, have the proper faces on the, on the model so that it can actually build a dynamic simulation uh, from this, this drivetrain system. This sounds really good. There's, a, I think, a lot of functionality there that uh, many uh, many of you probably haven't had a chance to really dig into and see and, and even realize it was there. So there's a lot of power and definitely encourage everybody to go out and take a look at it and see if, if there's any benefit to things that you're designing. Well, I'd like to thank Andy for taking the time to stop by and talk to us a little bit about functional design. So give him a, a few minutes. Thanks, Karen. I, I appreciate the opportunity to, to cover this topic. I can tell you we've been getting a lot of good customer feedback, and we got some really great ideas coming from them. Uh, so the team is really excited. So I'd like to say there's more coming. I'd like to thank Andy again for stopping by and spending a little bit of time talking about functional design and some of the real power behind it. I suspect that many of you probably didn't realize some of the things that Inventor can do and the real power behind it. And, uh, and you know, maybe it'll make a little bit more sense when we talk more and more about functional design, really what we're talking about. So hopefully that was beneficial for you. The next section we're going to talk about is resources. There are a lot of resources out there that allow us to 
get more information about Inventor, some of the things out there that other people are doing. And one of the things that I wanted to hit on, Sean Dotson put uh, a nice document together out on the manufacturing site on our portal. And it's design intent in part modeling and really just talks a, a bit about, you know, when you're building a part, what is your true design intent? You know, how do you want this thing to update when you make changes? And I thought it was it was nice and well done and thought it was worthwhile for you to go out and take a look at it, especially if you're just getting into 3D and you start playing with constraints and parameters and, you know, the history of how you build things and you have a little bit of confusion on, you know, I can build this part 10 ways. How do I really want to build it? This just helps you out a little bit with that. And uh, if you go out to our, our manufacturing site, so http colon forward slash forward slash mfgcommunity.autodesk.com forward slash node, that's N-O-D-E forward slash 5060, it'll take you right to the document. And again, I'm going to have all these in the show notes. So if you go to the manufacturing community, look at uh, Amy's blog. Amy and I share a blog together. If you take a look at it, I'll have this posted up there and uh, you'll be able to see all the, this information and click on the links. The next item I have, I had an interview uh, a week or so back with Robert Williams. He's the host of LeeCar.com and LeeCar.com has been around for a while. It's been around since Mechanical Desktop so uh, Robert has developed several applications and little utilities for uh, I believe AutoCAD and Mechanical Desktop and now Inventor and one of the the most recent utilities that he's written lately is uh, Mini PE and when I had a chat with him the other day we talked a little bit about this utility and this is actually something that I'd wanted to to have a while back that uh, you know periodically when you're designing something in the bill material you may want to show the length times the width times the height all in one column in the in your bill material and your parts list and you know oftentimes you want that to be populated from uh, parameters and it's been uh, not really possible in Inventor without doing a little bit of programming so he's put this great little utility together that you can create a couple of parameters and then a couple of custom properties and basically you know it keeps an update on on you know changes that it take that takes place and updates a another custom property that can be put into your parts list so it's actually pretty straightforward and pretty easy to uh, to do so if you've ever had the need or wanted to be able to do that in your your parts list you can now do it um, I've put uh, I'll put a link to his website but, well if you go to www.leecar.com you'll be able to see one of the first entries that he has in there is download mini PE and he's got instructions he's got the actual utility and then I created a sample file and had it on our blog that he has a link to as well so if you want to know how to put this together there's actually a sample file that you can pull down and take a look at make changes to the plate and then when you go to the drawing uh, or create a drawing of it you'll be able to see everything update so it's a great little utility had a great chat with him if you get a chance go out and take a look at his website and see some of the things that he's worked on the next resource that I thought I would bring up is YouTube.com and many of you may have already been out to YouTube.com but it's a, a spot where you can post videos and then pretty much anybody has access to pull them up and, and take a look at them and we're starting to see more and more CAD animations out there and if you, t if you go out to uh, YouTube and type in Autodesk Inventor in the search you'll notice that you get quite a few different videos that you can take a look at and you know they range from animated uh, studio 
videos clear to uh, just presentations where somebody is taking their assembly pulled it apart and then recorded it from there so if you get a chance go out and take a look at that see some of the the videos that are out there and then if you have some videos yourself that are nice little animations that you think other people might appreciate post them out there it's great to be able to see what everybody's working on and generate some excitement around inventor and some of the capabilities of that so just a fun little resource when you get a chance to take a look at uh, the last item that I have under resources if you're using AutoCAD Mechanical at all we had a new blogger join the Autodesk ranks Andrew DeLeon he's uh, one of our product designers for AutoCAD Mechanical based in Singapore and he started to blog not too long ago and I think you'll see more and more things come from him but a great site to take a look at especially if you're using AutoCAD Mechanical and uh, I'm sure there'll be some tips and tricks and some great things out there so there are a handful of good resources that you can go out take a look at see some some new things out there and maybe get some information that you didn't know about before this next section is for those of you that want to chat that would like to challenge your inventor skills whether you're a seasoned inventor user or a new user the discussion groups there's a an inventor news group world cup that once a month they post a challenge that you can go out take a look at it and try it out and quite often I found that you know these can be pretty challenging and usually test my my thought skills and how I design things and sometimes if you have the time it's just great to sit down and try different things that you may not be familiar with and uh, oftentimes you learn different things about the product that you didn't even know uh, was a, was there or available so if you get a chance and you want to try this World Cup challenge, you can go out to the discussion group. So just http colon forward slash forward slash discussion dot com forward slash thread dot jspa question mark thread id equals five zero three two eight nine. And I'm also going to have this link in our in the show notes. So if you don't want to write all of that down, just uh, go to the show notes and click on the link and you'll be able to go right to the uh, the file download it and it's just a PDF you can open it print it out and take a look at it and time yourself see how long it takes you to make the part and then see if you get the right volume when you're finished and usually I get through the end of this and have to remodel it because I didn't do it correct the first time but it's a fun challenge I, I recommend if you have time go out and take a look at it and this is the September challenge so there should be one coming up for next month on to our last section, tips and tricks. I've got three different tips and tricks that I want to talk about this month. And the first one was actually in the blog that uh, I posted just this last week. And it has to do with dashed hidden lines. So in 3D mod in the 3D environment, when you go to a shaded view or a wireframe view, all the back lines you have different options under application options to dim those out so you can no longer see them. Or if you want to see those, uh, you can dim them a little bit but sometimes it's really difficult to see what is a visible edge and what is a hidden edge and in uh, in the registry setting for some time there's been an option to actually change those back hidden lines to actually show up as hidden lines as they would in a 2D drawing although when you rotate your 3D model around you'll see those inner inner and back edges turn to to be a hidden line so I've posted this on the blog how to go about doing this but basically if you're familiar with the registry and I would only recommend you doing this if you are familiar with the registry uh, also to go out and back up your registry before you make these changes 
but uh, if you're familiar with the registry go to h key underscore current user and underneath the software section or, or folder go to Autodesk backslash inventor backslash registry version 11.0 so 11 backslash system backslash preferences backslash display and underneath there if you double click on the hidden line pattern it'll pull up the hidden line pattern string and it's probably set to FFFF so four F's and if you just delete one of the F's there and save it and close it and then fire up inventor and you want to make sure that inventor is closed before you do this otherwise it'll reset the, re the registry without you realizing it but uh, so close inventor make these changes once you delete one of the F's and, uh, and close the registry fire up inventor and then notice if you go to a part and go to your your wireframe display you'll notice that you now have dashed lines instead of just a solid line so this is a, a real nice little option for uh, especially those of you that are coming from AutoCAD that are still kinda getting familiar with Inventor this really will help you with visualizing your part and see hidden edges and, and back edges so this is available for wireframe and the shaded view the next tips and tip and trick that I want to hit on is auto dimensioning tool. I think this is probably a tool that uh, many of you probably haven't seen or haven't played with. And when you're in a sketch mode in Inventor, specifically in a part, you'll notice right next to your dimension tool, there's a dimension with a little lightning bolt next to it. And this is an auto dimensioner. And a little bit misleading, there are a couple of extra things in here that you can do that you may not be familiar with. Uh, if you launch that, you'll notice that you have two checkboxes for dimension and constraints. And this is really great, especially if you're importing in AutoCAD geometry that may be a big file, you, you don't want everything constrained. Once you import it, you then want to go in and add dimensions and constraints and things like that. So with this, you can come in and, and tell it uh, maybe you don't want dimensions initially. So you can uncheck dimensions, tell it just to add constraints and it'll add all the available constraints that it can to the sketch. It'll also tell you how many dimensions are required for this sketch. That actually is dimensions and constraints. So you're able to see degrees of freedom of your particular sketch. Also, if you check dimensions, when you hit apply, it'll add all the available dimensions that it can also. Now, you'll notice you can hit remove, and any dimension that was created with the auto dimension tool will be removed. So you can also hit done and then later come back into this dialog and hit remove and it'll only remove the dimensions that you added with the auto dimension tool. The benefit of this is when you have a complex sketch that you're trying to get the degrees of freedom locked down, you may not know what entities need to be dimensioned. This is a great way to, to tell it to dimension everything, see where those dimensions are. You may want to leave the dimension it adds or you may want to add a, a specific type of dimension so you can remove it and then go in and dimension you know that piece that you've realized is not dimensioned yet so this is a, a great little analysis tool for your sketches and also you know if you just pull in some AutoCAD geometry you want it to be fully locked down don't really care exactly how it's dimensioned you can use the automatic dimensioner have it dimension everything with parametric dimensions and then go back and change it as necessary so great little tool go out and take a look at it think that uh, you may find it beneficial in some areas the last thing that I'm going to hit on was a uh, tip and trick that Kevin Schneider, the Autodesk Inventor Evangelist, had posted to our manufacturing community. 
and it's it is a step through on how to do a minimum distance measurement with the measure tool some of the new capabilities in Inventor 11 with being able to in measurement do a measurement between parts or faces allows you to get a minimum distance so if you haven't had a chance to see that I would highly recommend going out to this little tip and trick that he's posted and uh, you can go out to the manufacturing portal and get that if you go to http colon forward slash forward slash mfgcommunity.autodesk.com forward slash node n-o-d-e forward slash three four one five you'll be able to see that and he's got a nice little write-up that you can step through and get a little tutorial and see how to use that so I think that's also a really great tool that if you've used the measure tool in the past and and really wanted to be able to do just a minimum distance between a couple of components this is a really great way to do that and you may not realize that you can do it today well that about wraps up our third episode of the official Autodesk Inventor podcast and hopefully you've been able to find some great tips and tricks and some information here that may, you may not have known before so with that I'd like to leave an email address if you have any comments or feedback for us if if you like the format or wish that would change the format around a little bit feedback is always appreciated so that we can see what people are liking and what they're interested in so feel free to shoot me an email at inventor.blog.feedback at autodesk.com and again thanks for taking a download and hopefully we'll see you next time thanks